welcome back to the Chasing Sunday podcast. Chasing Sunday podcast. We are so glad that you have decided to use your ear time for us. Ear time. I just made that up. Ear, ear time. Ear time. Thanks like, for donating your ear time. <laughs> ear time. I can't believe that came out of my mouth. Anyway. We know that your your ear time is precious. Yeah, we thank you for spending some of it with us. Yes. And, and what we talk about here on the Chasing Sunday podcast is how to get worship leaders off of this ministry treadmill of chasing Sunday after Sunday, 52 weeks a year, um, and and really tap back into the passion and the creativity that got them into ministry in the first place. Um, and so we are super excited about today's guest because we're going we're gonna to veer a little bit more towards the direction of tech in the church. Um, mm-hmm. So with with both a worship leader and technical um, director. Um, this is Dave King, who is joining us. Dave is the senior AV manager at the Denver Art Museum, um, but he's also been the director of worship arts at uh, a couple large Lutheran churches, Bethlehem Lutheran Church and Our Savior Lutheran Church in Denver, Colorado. Um, but he has also been a touring musician. Um, he has been with a couple of bands that have that have uh, played nationally. Uh, one we talk about is is Rough Draft. We can't figure out what the other one is. Um, he doesn't have it on his site, though. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure there is another one. I think he might have been trying to to throw oh, us off. He was the trying scent. to throw us off. I think it's really important that we honor our earlier iterations of of artistic ventures because we all have them. <laughs> so. Um, but yes. he's a bass player. Yes. Uh, he's he's an incredible artist, lighting designer, and and not just that, but a leader of teams. Someone who coaches volunteers, gets volunteers um, ready for Sunday. He's also the the chief technical advisor for Invia Collective, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So he actually is available for churches. And that's what he loves doing, helping churches reach their, their technical goals. But uh, I, I was super excited about this, about this conversation. Yeah, I think it's it's something that um, the longer you're in ministry, the more you have a tendency to take it for granted. All of the, no matter what kind of church you're in, mm-hmm. um, like technology touches your life. It has mm-hmm. an impact on your service. And, uh, and the fact that, that there are people like Dave, um, who pay attention, like very specific and close attention to those things, I think is really important. Um, and, and it really shines a light on, on how vital that is, um, not only to use it, but to not overuse it. Yeah. And, uh, and he, he talks a lot about that, uh, in this episode. So, uh, so yeah, we're super, super excited. Um, I think that may have been the first time I've said that this season. Um, cause super, super excited. Yeah. My, well, my, my friend Justin made fun of me in last season because I always would do my intros and I always said like, I'm super excited about this episode because I've got like every single one of those. Uh, so I've been trying to like intentionally not say that I'm super excited, even though inside I'm I'm busting. You're um, busting. So <laughs> You're busting. <laughs> but I am very excited uh, for you to listen to this uh, this episode with our good friend Dave King. Dave, thank you so much 
for being here and talking with us. Uh, hey, as we get into the conversation, tell us a little bit, like, what's your history with church? What, what did it all start for you? Well, thank you for having me. Um, church history is long. I think it's similar to some people where uh, you find the the church with the coolest youth group, <laughs> and they got the 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 best snacks and the most fun games. Sometimes the cutest girls. Sometimes and, um, I went that. Well, it depends on the church. Oh, that's true. Um, that's true. So I uh, we went we church up a little a lot as a kid, um, but really I kind of found I guess my foot in the door as a bass player uh, on the worship team uh, when I was sixteen in Greeley, Colorado. Oh yeah, that's right. Please don't hold that against me. <laughs> yeah, Dave and I have we come from the same hometown. Oh wow. I did. I, yeah, that's that's a Were you there around the same time? Like when We were. Oh, okay. Is that how you guys met each other? Or I was in choir with Paul's little brother. That's right. Uh, okay. Who who is bigger than me, taller than me. I'm I'm it's 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 one of those crazy things. Yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, so we yeah, both both from Greeley. And what what church did you go to? Um, all of them in Greeley. You went to all of them. All of them. <laughs> yeah. They, they, you had to, you had to get special stamps. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I was filling out my bingo card is what it was. <laughs> Gotta catch them uh, all. Yeah. Um, yeah. so yes. when I started, I, I started it. playing bass as 16 and I was at Bethel Baptist, which was close to the UNC campus. Okay. Um, also did a stint in first Presbyterian church, um, and then Christ community church. Which I believe was an evangelical free church. Uh-huh. Um, and my family were charter members in the Wesleyan, which is now I think called Generation Church, which is by Greeley West. Ah, yeah. Um, hmm. You know, went to school my senior year at Dayspring, and that was a church all on its own. Um, but it was a Christian school, Mike. You went? Did was. you go to the Christian school? I went there for half a year, eighth grade, and then all of my senior year. Oh man, you are super Christian. So just just to show how small this world is, when my parents were first married, they lived in Greeley and my dad taught at Dayspring. This was back in like the mid to to early seventies. Yeah. He he taught, uh, he taught English at Dayspring Christian school. So um, yeah. And I, I, so I, they moved back to Sterling when I was born for like, Two years, moved back to Greeley for a year, and then back to Sterling. So oh, they came back so for much, one year and like, nope, yeah, didn't need nope, to see it again. Back to Sterling, can't do it. So <laughs> there's a lot of Greeley going on in uh, in this podcast. Anyway, sorry, we keep interrupting. Now, who is the who, who gave you the bass? Who was the guy who was like you bass? Yeah, this is a, this is a, a cool cool story. His name was Scott Reyes, um, and he was a phenomenal bass player himself. He was like kind of a renaissance man, very athletic, um, you know, was um, shorter in stature, like 5'3 or 5'4, was uh-huh. dunking on the basketball court. Um, and he was kind of like a, a high school or a young adult leader for a youth group. And, you know, everyone wanted to be like Scott Reyes. Um, mm. And so he just spent some time with me, just I think it was one or two lessons and you know, this string is this note um, and each fret is a half step. And I had some piano background. Um and no guitar background at that point, only piano, and um, kind of took it from there. And that, you know, really shaped, you know, my musical career and my tech career just from that one, you know, that thirty minutes to an hour that he spent with me on that day. That's cool. So, so, so go ahead, go ahead, Paul. 
No, I don't have no, anything you to go say. Ahead. <laughs> so is that, you know, you mentioned that kind of set the stage. What, what is your, what's been your main involvement with the church life since then? Mostly tech stuff, mostly music stuff, yeah. worship, like where, where, where has the journey taken you since then? Well, from like 16, um, I was also kind of a, a tech kid where really enjoying computers and, um, you know, g- opening up the computers, figuring out the the components that went in there, um, trading stuff in and out and um, kind of learning how things work with like signal mm-hmm. flow um, or troubleshootings. Like, oh, I, I bought a new hard drive. I put it in, but it's not working and then not and having to figure it out on my own, you know, because mm-hmm. any, yeah. anybody around me in the house, um, it's like, you open it up, you got to figure it out. Um, and <laughs> so learning to troubleshoot and eliminating variables um, was a big part of my teenage years. Uh, you know, you, you hear a lot of times it's like, you know, I was always the kid that took the VCR apart just to work, figure out how it works. Like I did that a little bit, but I also enjoyed putting it back together. Um, hmm. And I... In my early 20s, toured with a band. Um, we were, I'd say, moderately successful around the U.S. And um, what was the band? No, you got to tell us. Yeah, yeah. got to know. Say, say, uh, the, say the band. We got to look. At, we're and we're gonna look it up. We're gonna, we're um, gonna do it. No, we can move on from that. Um, <laughs> no, no, I want to. No, no, no. Oh, I know the Dave. The band. That that can be. Um, well, if you look up my name, Dave King, um, I'm also the leader, uh, lead singer of Floggy Molly. So. Um, we'll stick oh, with that. The, you're gonna okay. That's pretty. That's pretty legit. <laughs> um, so a part of touring with that band, we we and what I think made us successful is we carried a full trailer with a full PA, full lighting, um, and so we could really plop down anywhere and say, mm. "Here's a show." Um, where you know, I think a lot of the other bands, you know, they they didn't really have tour support or a PA. And so we could get those gigs that other people didn't get, um, you know, a lot of Saturday night youth group concert leaving worship Sunday. Um, and we had kind of set lists that we could do for both. Um, I think we we're really smart in how we went about it. But part of that was we were setting up and tearing down this rig, you know, 225 oh, shows a year. Um, and with Jeez. doing that, it gave us an opportunity. Really me, I was kind of heading up the, the gear side of, Oh, we're setting it up. It's not working. We got to fix it. We got to troubleshoot it. Um, you know, or gears breaking. We got to improvise. So, while my church tech started, you know, kind of my genesis into it was with bass guitar, leading me into playing for a band, leading me into being a tech guy or uh, audio visual guy, um, and being able to, you know, learn the skills of staying calm under pressure, which I think are important. You know, three minutes before the show starting. We don't have anything on on the screen on the projector. We got to figure it out. So um, that's really kind of where I started, um, as far as from a tech standpoint. Going from there, I went into after the band broke up um, into just being a worship leader, being that front and center person. Um, not you know, I'm very much your stereotypical bass guitar player in all black, like being in the shadow back by my amp. Um, you know, a little bit moody, maybe melancholy. Um, <laughs> Always you know, got that don't look talk that you're me. kind of disinterested uh-huh. in what's happening yeah. on stage. You're just yeah. sort of or like, like what kind of grumpy, but yeah, know, <laughs> loves cats. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's me. I fit the mold there. Um, 
so yeah, it, it kind of started with with bass, with music, and then you know I just enjoyed the the tech and making things work. How did you guys afford like a trailer full of gear as a band driving around? How did you how did you get that stuff? Um, we charged money to play places. That was helpful. Yeah, and we were also. But did you have the gear before? We had before our, that? our personal gear, and I had a great friend um, who owned a lot of PA gear, and I think he actually got us on a payment plan, um, full JBL oh, rate, wow. nice subwoofers, and we were sponsored by Dippin' Dots. What? Oh. So we Dippin had Dots. Dippin' Dots drop shift to all our shows. I actually had Dippin' Dots as in lieu of my wedding cake uh, for free. Oh, man. And it was oh. glorious. I don't know if anyone else can boast that kind of cred. The Dippin' Dots. It's very niche. Like some yeah. people are like, whoa. Some people are like, well, Dippin' Dots, what are those? It's like they're, they've been the ice cream of the future since 1985, so... That's right. That's still their slogan. Are they st- right. And and they haven't really changed. Nope. So like the the future's not really that great. But um, what a line to to, to have, <laughs> you know, the the audacity to say we're always going to be the ice cream of the future. Yeah. That never arrives. Right. You know, it's just 30 years and we're still but we still are. We're waiting for everybody to catch up. Um, so, we, I mean, we didn't become millionaires by any sense in, with the band, but um, uh-huh. we uh, we weren't in the hole. That's great. That That's is great. Yeah. That's so. I'm I'm just doing a little research here. Mm. Um, God bless you. Make, oh yeah. Sure. Uh, was it was it Rough Draft? Uh, is that, that that is a band I was in? Yep. But that's not the that's not this band. You did you look up Flogging Molly? I, I did. I, huh. I I have a feeling that's not. Huh. I don't know. It's yeah. There's, there's, there's draft, a few Dave see. Kings out there. Yeah, there are. No, I'm looking at your website. Um, mm, that was right a mistake. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I gave you my website, <laughs> Mr. Brian Davis. Uh, that's what the Googles is for. And uh, yeah. So, Paul, so, you have another question? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I love it. I I'll, love where keep, this is going. I'll keep but, digging into this. But what's fascinating yeah. to me, Dave, is is that the the sort of the map of your history a little bit, like mm. from where you started, and then when it it got into the band, and just on the road solving problems. And I know, like, I haven't had that kind of road experience. I've had different kinds of road experience. Uh, but I think a lot of people in churches can relate to the fact that it's like, Hey, we have this gear, it's got its limitations. Mm. We've got to make it work as best as it can work. Um, and then for that skill to, to transfer over into like church world seems like a pretty fluid transition. And is that the case? Yeah, I think it was, it was pretty simple and like always thinking budget mind, I guess. It's like, you know, I'm walking into a church where they were given and donated the system, maybe from the previous church that was in our building and, uh, or from another church. And, you know, no one really knows how to use it, um, you know, with, with volunteers and you just got to make it work. Uh, and the challenge with that is once anything goes wrong, there's no, there's not an intimate knowledge of the system end to end to be able to troubleshoot it. It's very much a either it works or it doesn't. It's a pass or fail. Um, the benefit of that is that the price is always right. 
Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and there's not much of an investment in tech um, from church resources, but yeah. But like with, with so many other things, you, you definitely get what you pay for. Indeed. Um, and uh, I have a, a buddy of mine uh, was, was involved in a, a church. They built a new building and, they, you know, they did their capital campaign and all this stuff and raised almost enough money. And so then they thought, you know, to, to go ahead and start the building and, and, you know, save on some things. They just had people in the church, you know, like, oh, we know some contractors that are in our church and we know a plumber <laughs> and we know. A, oh, so, no, uh, I, can know and, I know where this is going already. Bro. Yeah. And now, I mean, they still I mean, they've been in that building for years and they still have just major, major problems. And my buddy said, like, it was about three or four years after they were in that building and, and they were, uh, you know, they were really struggling and, and having problems with all this stuff. And he saw this, uh, this truck for a plumber, like drive past, you know, drive past the church and he saw it out his window and on the side of the van, it says like the, the bitterness of poor quality lasts long after the sweetness of a low mm. bid. Oh, man, and, that's a great <laughs> was, line. Yeah. And he was like, oh. That's that's what we're living in right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's uh-huh. our our church. Um, so what? Just while we're on that subject, because because this does come up a lot when uh, when I'm talking to churches. I mean, we Paul and I worked with a church uh, a couple of years ago. They were trying to make some improvements to their sound system and um, and all that kind of stuff. Where like a lot of churches are. I mean, they're the number of mega churches that have these huge budgets that can put in the big, you know, crazy installed sound systems and lighting and all that kind of stuff. Those are like maybe 1% of, of churches everywhere. You know, the rest of the rest of us are on a shoestring budget. Um, so where, like, uh, what would you recommend to, you know, a worship leader who's, you know, I mean, people are probably going to start putting together their budgets for next year in, you know, September, October, November, uh, you know, around that time, uh, what, what would you say? Like if they're looking at, we need to fix these things. Um, is that a semi? What is happening? I have a train in my backyard. Maybe. Is that what it is? That is. It's great. It's, it's, it's like a rolling art show with the graffiti. My wife loves it. And it's like, it was actually, I think maybe a turnoff for some people, um, moving in here, but we love it. Nice. Ah. Uh, I thought maybe we were about to be left behind. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, that's fine. Kirk, so, where are you? <laughs> Kirk, no, <laughs> it's either Kirk or Kirk Cameron or Nicolas Cage. You oh. don't have a whole lot of good options. <laughs> I've been left behind when it comes by to God being so left many behind. times. Yeah. So, yeah. so you're um, asking me. Yes. Yeah. So where, where would you say, like, how do we, how does a worship leader, whoever's in charge of, of making those decisions, like, where do you start to make those choices? Like, you know, hey, we could go with the, like, let's just go, you know, down to, you know, gravity music gear and find all the used mm-hmm. junk that we can get and just throw that up. As long as it makes noise, it's fine. Right. Versus like, well, we could blow 1.5 mil on a, you know, full, you know, full sound system and all that kind of stuff. Where, how would you advise someone who's trying to make those choices in terms of they're, they're on a budget, but they don't want to sacrifice a ton of quality? Yeah. No, that's a big question. Um, and a very, that's a hard question to answer that, uh, without some individual, I guess, conversations with churches. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think, you know, with a, a wide brushstroke is that 
you got to do less. Um, mm. You know, it's 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 a, a smaller church budget. Comparing themselves to a big church production just will never. You're, it's, you're always going to be disappointed. Um, it's. I think it's important to be pro or people over programming ah, um, to good. really dial in uh, and invest in your people. Um, you know, if, if there's any budget, I know you, okay, we're going to spend $10,000 on a new sound system. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, can $2,000 of that go towards, you know, finding your key two volunteers and training them hmm. um, and investing in the people? Um, you know, oftentimes, I mean, we, we've all seen it to where it's like, Oh wait, you're you're a sys admin for networking or no IT stuff. You're the sound guy now. Yeah, where it's it's very much like oh, it's technical kind of, but two completely different universes. Right. Um. Where whereas that, that IT person really probably knows how to uh, troubleshoot signal flow and hook things up, or if something goes wrong, probably fix it. But the artistic or creative side is kind of most often lost mm. if that person isn't also creative and artistic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think investing in people is important, um, you know, and really honing in what your church identity is. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, like I said, if you have a, if, if you have a, a small or medium sized church budget, but you're trying to do what elevation or Hillsong or other, you know, what you spoke to those right. 1% mega churches earlier, you're just, you're going to miss it every time. And you're going to be comparing yourself to something that just can't happen. Um, and nobody um, is happy in those moments. Your volunteers see this example of like, Oh, well we can't meet that with the gear we have. You have leadership saying, but Hey, look, I just saw this Sunday. This is what they're doing. Why can't we do it? And then that leads to, um, just some not happy fun times. So uh, you would say that that's that to me sounds like a, a leadership problem where it's really on the technical person to inform and lead people who are their quote unquote leaders, like the pastors who don't know, you know, but I would imagine there would be a lot of uh, anxiety about telling people why they can't have what they want you know, and some, in some regards, what, what have you seen and what have you done in the past where somebody is like, they've got an unrealistic vision and you've had to come in to, to bring some reality. What do you do? Yeah. You always hear, um, Hey, my uncle's friends, cousins, church, they did this. So clearly it'll work for us. And it's like, no, no, it won't. And here's why, or they're asking you for a unicorn and saying, we want this unicorn. I'm like, you know, I can see what you're going for, where you want this unicorn. Um, but how about we get you a horse and dress it up a little bit? <laughs> um, you know, and and it's it's a it's a coaching. That's what I've made my career of, on. It was just, yeah, right. <laughs> just take this horse Wait. and dress him up a little bit. <laughs> I I like to consider myself the little Sebastian of worship <laughs> leaders, like. You know, it's this tiny, unremarkable horse, but everybody seems to like him for some reason. Anyway, I so. love. I have seen z- exactly zero episodes of Park and Rec. Oh no! But I know all the references. Okay, and I know that song. <laughs> bye, bye, little Sebastian. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, the internet is is good to people that want to know the memes, but yeah, not have to show. suffer through. I guess season one is horrific of that. Uh, the first so like four or five episodes are not okay. real great. It, it starts everyone to pick tells up me steam. like yeah. They say you haven't watched this. Okay, you got to watch it, but skip the first season. I'm like, what? What kind of recommendation is that? 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're saying the show's bad, essentially. <laughs> um Tony, to get back to your question, I um I think that is so challenging because and if I could speak very candidly, especially in smaller medium sized churches, you have um typically understaffed um and a you know, in the creative arts, that staffing is lower priority, um, maybe. Um, what also happens in small and medium church, again, I'm, I'm making large generalization. This isn't every church, but in my experience, it seems that you have leaders that the only way they've been able to get stuff done is with kind of a, a tight grip on things uh, and kind of iron fists and not really releasing things to other people um, or, you know, given empowering other people to do things because they, they probably, those leaders have been burned in the past. Um, so having a competent creative arts team be able to cast vision or, uh, you know, really share with the leaders, you know, or the purse string holders, like, Hey, we want to do this. It is hard in those small and medium sized churches. Um, you know, and oftentimes I don't see it happen that way. Um, that's where, um, you know, kind of an outside voice can come in. Um, you know, someone like myself or, um, another kind of tech savvy or AV experienced church work, church production person can come in and give, um, maybe say the exact same things that their team is saying. Um, but to be an outside voice and, you know, suddenly, um, you know, I heard a quote the other day, it was something essentially was talking about jobs and being in a job and, you know, kind of working your way up, um, and it's kind of saddening, but if, if you're, if you start working in a place when you're 18, um, and you've been there for six years, kind of moved up, um, people that work with you still see you as that 18 year old. Mm, yeah, that's true. Um, so it, it's this weird, like people can't get past the, oh, wait, you've been doing this week in, week out. You have blood, sweat, and tears on our sound system. Um, but yeah, I'm going to hear about this new guy saying the exact same thing. So, I don't have a great answer for you other than, um, uh, yeah, I don't have any answer for you. It's really hard. Yeah. I think what, well, I, I think what you're saying is, is amazing because there's so much of a gift that you can bring. And I know you do this. I know you go around and you, you help churches with installs, you help churches with prop, uh, sound problems and stuff like that. But for the volunteers that are there, for the staff that's there, like mm-hmm. you can give them, you can tell the story of, what incredible people they are to their own staff and say, yeah, you yeah. can validate them. You can let them know, you know, you can step in and kind of go, wow, look at what you already have here. Um, I, yeah. That must be an amazing gift. And it, out of, it, that happens a hundred out of a hundred times wow. of stepping into a place, just hearing them, um, letting that tech team, you know, and what I do with them be a collective, it's very much a, um, you know, they kind of send me off. It's like, hey, just go be Dave. Just go be with the people. Love on their tech team. Um, oftentimes, it's just in, it's cheering them on. Be like, you guys are doing everything right. And pulling their leadership, whether it's pastor or board aside, and be like, your tech team is nailing it. Um, let's get them more money next year kind of deal. Um, so a lot of it, a lot of is cheering them on. A lot of it just being a voice for them, maybe. Um yeah, I don't think I have any, you know, I don't have extra um, acronyms at the end of my name and my email signature, but I think um, with the how I come into places and see things and make immediate changes while affirming what they're doing um, makes a great impact. Um, so I'm thankful to be able to do that. 
Well, and I, I think something that you said about identity too, like that, I think that really comes into play more than a lot of people think, you know, like, you know, I see it mostly, you know, in my role, I see it more in, in like the songs that people pick and all that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. but it also is, is hugely impactful on the, the aesthetic of, of your room and, and the technology that you use. Like I got so tired of going, you know, to these big conferences when I was at, you know, bigger churches because the tech guys were the only reason they were there. They weren't there to learn anything or to like sit through any of the sessions. They just wanted to see what toys they were using, you know, and, 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 you know, then talking to the money guy, you know, during, you know, lunch breaks and dinner breaks, like, Hey, so here's, here's what we would need to get that. Like you like the way that looks, right? We could have that at our church. Like, and, and no one was there like hitting the brakes saying like, is this even us? Like, is this, is this who we are? as a community or I mean, yeah, it's cool and it looks neat Mm -hmm. and, and you saw it, you know, on the Grammy awards or, you know, at that concert you went to, but is this who we are as a church? Like, I don't think there are enough people thinking that in the tech world when it comes to how churches use technology. Um, and, and so I think it's, it's extremely helpful to have, you know, someone like you or, or like you said, having those outside eyes coming in and saying like, you guys are, doing fine <laughs> like yeah. this is there there yeah everyone can improve and here are a couple things that that you could do to to make some changes and and move you a little bit closer to where you want to be but you don't you don't need to be a unicorn you know like there there are unicorns this part of the world doesn't need a unicorn right now like um so I, yeah i think that's that's hugely helpful and i think there need to be more more voices like that that are uh, so if you could go ahead and just clone yourself and um, start uh, start Working shipping on that those out, um, <laughs> Dave. So. I was wondering. I, I know that we, the, the, a lot of uh, some sometimes the big obstacle is the big churches, right? The mega churches with a lot of production and stuff like that that create these unnecessary barriers for churches, small churches especially. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering. So what I see, and I t- I do this a lot when I'm trying to figure something out, I go on YouTube. It's the kind of the number one search search engine, right? We go there and we figure things out. And there is a lot of church tech YouTube channels, right? Mm-hmm. And the, you go there and you figure out, and but they're all talking about gear that oftentimes I feel like is unattainable, like. I know, I know my, I know my way around a video switcher or a little bit of a board and all that kind of stuff. And I'm going like, come on, who is going to buy that much SDI cable, four channels of it, (laughs) you know, and those cameras with NDI and all those sort of things, you know, is, do you see that sort of being another obstacle or is it really a help? As far as YouTube? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the pro- proliferation of inform- here's here's what I wonder to the proliferation of information instead of wisdom is it the same sort of thing you know I see I would draw some comparisons to um, you know because I think sometimes tech can get very jargon and like a language that some people don't understand but it is very similar to um, fashion magazines mm. where you have you know, a very airbrushed photoshopped model on it and, and young people seeing that and being like, Oh, that's what I got to be like. Um, Hmm. and, and looking at themselves like, Oh, I'm nowhere near what I'm seeing on the page. Clearly it's my fault. Um, so there's some, (laughs) some real life correlations there. 
Um, and God is really blessing and, them, obviously. Right. 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 In the meantime, like our church is looking in the mirror like, oh, I'm too fat. And I got right. and everybody's a got a mirror. On, right. Yeah. I've got a pimple in my foyer. Like, it's just not going to work. Yeah. And what you said about just the pro- proliferation of information and how fast that happens. Um, you know, you're bombarded with constant, oh, this is the passion concert. This is what Elevation is doing. This is what Hillsong is doing. It's just like you can never breathe if you're always trying to keep up. Yep. Um, you're just drowning. It's yeah. fascinating um, that there's like now church tech celebrities. You know what I mean? As if there wasn't oh, like yeah. worship uh-huh. leader celebrities, you know, that we, uh-huh. we've, we're familiar with that. But now there is this this other category of just like, I'm just realizing who knew who, you know, when we were growing up, who was running front of house for even the biggest bands and, and in venues and stuff yeah, like if that. You, right? If you've done any YouTube search about a very popular church console, the X32, Behringer yeah. X32, you know Drew Brashler's name. Um, he does phenomenal videos uh, and been a great resource. Uh, if you've been on any Facebook groups looking for video, live streaming, video switching, cameras, you know Joel Smith's name. Um, you know, and it's just a, those two in particular, uh, I've been really impressed where sometimes I, I think celebrities are like, oh, they're just in it for the fame and glory. No, these, are, these guys are trying to help and trying to help out the small and medium churches, yeah. not just take the cookie cutter solution that, you know, the mega church has and put it on them with their less budget. Um, you know, try to find something, Hey, there's this good, better, best option, and this will get you by. But, you know, just because it works for your cousin's friend, uncle's church doesn't mean it's going to work for you. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, that's fascinating. Yeah, that's very true. It has been this strange phenomenon of, I mean, it, there's a, a one of the churches that I worked at before, like they had a subscription to church production magazine. It's like, there's a whole magazine Mm -hmm. devoted to church production. Like, you know, and, and usually they would only keep the copies that they were featured in, but, um, you know, it was, (laughs) you know, uh, it it just was fascinating because yeah, thumbing through there and seeing like, here's all the latest gear. Here's all the coolest stuff. Here's the latest like 8k camera, even though our eyes can't see even that sharper resolution, <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, and, and the prices, like, I mean, I could blow my entire budget from, from new Denver church. Like not just my, not just my tech budget, like my, the entire budget of the church on yeah. like a soundboard, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's it, a really good soundboard. Yeah, though, oh, Brian. it's gotta be the best. Uh, it's it probably, so good. it'll like, it'll actually cook you breakfast when you get there in the uh-huh. morning. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, it's, you have to pay for that upgrade, but you know, you, you right. understand what I mean. It's an expansion um, card. Yeah. Yes. It's an expansion card. Uh, uh-huh. but I just, yeah, I just find that so, so fascinating that, and, and your comparison to, you know, the fashion magazines and all the other stuff that we see in media, like it's just it's the same message to the church. Like, hey, unless you have this thing, you're you're probably not doing it right. You're probably not right. enough. And the other thing is, is like, 
And that's why people aren't in your pew. Right. Or your yeah, oh, yeah. 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 If you want to, and, and a lot of that is, is in that messaging too, like in, in oh. the advertising and all that kind of stuff, like here's the best way to convey the message to your congregation, mm-hmm. or here's the, well, like, yeah. if you're not live streaming, you're not reaching a certain percentage of people in your mm-hmm. community and all that kind of stuff. And it's just, you're leaving money on the table. Yeah. Right? And it's got us chasing our tails. And that is really the end game for a lot of places. Like it's, it, you, it, if it's butts in seats, then it's dollars in the plate, yep. you know? So uh, that's, I mean, that seems crass to say, but that's the way a lot of churches operate. Um, and, and the other thing is, is just how quickly technology is advancing and coming out. I mean, you see it with, you know, with iPhones, with computers, with all this kind of stuff. Like the minute you get the newest one, it's old, like, because next week there's another new one coming out. Like there's no way to keep up with this. It's just going to keep going and going and going. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, that was just a rant. No, but it, but what's interesting is like Dave to your point, these people are there to help. They they're they're genuinely wanting to help. And they're but what's fascinating is they fall within the category of kind of a, a an influencer, right? They're they're not necessarily speaking on behalf of of some sort of product or company, you know, but they have a voice of of influence and they want to help but then inadvertently become the uh i'd say inadvertently become an obstacle and i think it may be just because of the nature of the medium because of how we grant authority to a particular media you know or anybody using a particular thing or anybody with that particular gear right so right. So if they have what I don't have, they they must have access to some sort of special knowledge, and therefore um, their church more people are going to come to their church, i.e., their pastor is going to finally be happy with them, or their or their church isn't going to close, or you know, real world consequences of people who have who are who have like jobs that depend on people's spiritual transformation. So. It's where yeah. it gets really dicey, right? Yeah. Well, and then you, you talk about who is your makeup of your tech team, you know, that's dealing with all this or maybe trying to make these decisions or trying to um, make the appropriate gear choices for the church to get the right tools in so that they can, you know, widen their impact or uh, make things a little bit easier. And you have, you have a mix of, you know, artists and creatives. You have those, uh, those engineers. Can I mention before those? I Sometimes I call them database nerds. Um, and I don't use nerds as a negative. I like, love the nerds. Right. They're great. Um, uh, and then you have your, your young 13-year-olds that just are excited with the flashing lights that want to be included. Um, you know, and then you, you have those three people. And then my favorite is you have the guy that was there when they were pouring the foundation for the church and that has been there (laughs) since the beginning. Um, And all of them have kind of a different um, way of approaching things. So like that's a, that's a challenge with a tech team, especially in a volunteer world where you have all these different voices coming from different environments and upbringings and perspectives, all really wanting the same goal. um, But if you don't create space for all of them to step into um, with strong leadership, uh, it's a, it's a challenge to manage that group. Um, yeah. I wish, it, I wish some um, churches could all have a stamp of, Hey, here's a, a hierarchy of leadership and every 
tech leader or creative arts leader is going to be fantastic for your church and your team. But oftentimes I see that as like the missing piece. Mm. Um, you know, and everyone involved are very good natured and very want what's best for the church and their people. Um, but creative arts is kind of the Cinderella in the basement sometimes. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Um, well, tell, tell us really quick, um, not really quick. You can take your time. Um, but I'm so curious where, what do you see is sort of like, if you were to kind of forecast what the future of, of church tech looks like, I don't know, like 10 years. See, you think about that. What, what does that look like to you? Um, I'm not much of a forecast guy. Um, definitely. Um, I don't know if this is really my Enneagram or personality or whatever, but I'm very much in the, the present what's happening now. Um, you know, Side conversation. I always struggled making goals. So, you know, your, mm. your six mm -hmm. months, year, five year, 10 year goal. I hated those and I always felt like I was missing. Okay. Back on topic is <laughs> <clears throat> not much of a forecast guy, but I think it will continue to follow like broadcast TV, uh, trends, um, mm. you know, and how media in general is consumed. Um, you know, some churches will stay on the, the cutting edge of things. Like how many churches have TikTok accounts? Some do, uh, and they use it well. Um, but I'd say the majority don't uh, because they're not kind of on the cutting edge. I think most of the churches kind of in that middle band will be 10 to 15 years behind, again, behind whatever current broadcast TV, cable, media, internet consumption of media is. Um, and then I really think it was only with COVID that we really saw a universal shift or pivot in church tech that was um, – kind of took us all where we were going down this lane and was a hard right turn of all the churches going virtual. Um, I can't imagine that I'll see another universal shift like that mm. of that magnitude in my lifetime. Um, I could be wrong, but I think it's going to be kind of the, what we saw before COVID of, you know, as tech increases, uh, there's those, some churches that are the early adapters and then most are just kind of behind slowly. Um, I do think with COVID, there'll be more of a, a live stream, even though live streaming itself seems like a, a Christian buzzword almost. Fascinating. Um, yeah. I will give a, a disclaimer. It's like I often try to discourage churches from live streaming to not live stream. Um, so why is that? But then, yeah, I think it'll. Yeah. Why, I would love to hear your um, reasoning behind that. I think that it, it's it's very much a, oh, we got a live stream. Um, this church is live streaming. We have to do it here Sunday, you know, morning. Um, I think that only that top 1% of mega churches can make the live stream experience as good as the in-person experience. Um, the rest um, could get almost to that level with a pre-recorded experience. Um, you know, and you can even say, hey, this isn't live, this is pre-recorded. Um, it's when you actually commit to be in live stream, that's when all your in the moment issues happen. Your sound is horrible. And I think the most important thing about video is your audio. Um, you know, cause you will tolerate a very grainy video. If it sounds great, if you have a beautiful full HD video and it sounds horrible, mm. you'll turn it off. Mm. Um, you know, and there's not, again, in the tech world, there's just not enough um, skilled labor in the seats to, you know, in a small and medium sized church to make that, what it, like the the mega churches are doing. Um, so I think you can get a better, much better product with pre-recording everything 
And it's a lot less stress Sunday morning. You know, you think it's like, oh, if we don't get it up and running, the live stream's not working. It's like, oh, we just lost it all. It's like, no, you, if you get all your pre-recorded stuff done Wednesday or Thursday of that week, you got Friday and Saturday to fix anything mm. if stuff's not working. Um, and then the audio is better. The video is better. It gives you a chance for retakes. Um, it's already archived nicely. Um, and then, you know, it's not a live TV broadcast if something goes wrong or, you know, some somebody streaks naked across the altar in the, in the morning. You, you, you can edit that out, you know. Um, that's never <laughs> that happened happens to, me, to way too many churches now that I think about I it. Know. Yeah, goodness. It was that 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 was a fad back in the 70s and it's coming back. People get naked. <laughs> yeah, I really think live streaming it really became prominent because it was a, oh, we have to do that because everyone else is doing it. And not realizing there's, there's another solution of pre-recording and displaying as if we're live streaming. Yeah. Huh. I, I have a, a, a question for you about the, just kind of the relationship between, um, and it, this may be completely out of left field with everything else we've I talked about. So hit it, um, send it. Uh, so the relationship between the worship leader and the tech world or the worship team, even like as a, as a team and the tech world, I've seen, I've seen it be really symbiotic and really, you know, everybody plays nice. I've seen it be very tense and, and awful. Um, uh, you know, I've seen a vocalist throw a, you know, an in-ear, you know, wireless in-ear receiver across a stage, you know, during rehearsal because her batteries ran out and she, you know, was pissed. So she threw it at the, you know, threw it at the monitor guy, you know, um, that wasn't you, was it? So yeah, it was, <laughs> it, it was me. Um, no, but I've definitely had those moments where I'm like, I walk out on stage and I go to turn, you know, I go to put on my guitar and I start strumming and I, I can't hear anything. And so I'm looking at, you know, sound I'm like, okay, my ears aren't on. Right. Right. Oh, well, you know, it helps if you turn that pack on, uh, or, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. plug your in-ears <laughs> into the pack and it's, you know, usually yeah. my fault. So, <laughs> um, so having, you, you have some experience as a worship leader, mm-hmm. you have a lot of experience as the tech guy. What, what do you see? Like how, how can, how can those two worlds, because they they do work very intimately together. How how do you make those people play nice? Maybe not make maybe not make them, but how how do you build an environment where those two entities are are getting along really well? I love this question because I think this could make or break a worship experience. Mm. Um, I see, and I think I had the, I guess maybe the benefit of kind of having my. Um, kind of straddling that line between director of worship arts and production director um, and, you know, leading front and center and then also being behind the scenes and setting the gear up, Um, you know, and so it came very natural for me in the last church I was at, uh, last couple of churches I was at being, um, you know, marrying those teams together. Um, And it it really, uh, it, it was still two distinct teams, but, you know, for, I think an outsider, it really felt like one team. Um, that hinges, man, I want to say 90% on the worship leader, um, really setting the tone for the rest of the worship team and the worship team seeing how the worship leader or, or director of worship arts, whatever the, the position is, seeing how that person, uh, approaches the tech team, mm. how that person speaks of the tech team, how that person, 
uh, interacts with them, um, both uh, during rehearsal, uh, during sound check, and you know before and after rehearsal, or Sunday morning, or Saturday night service, whatever it is, um, it really sets a precedence. Um, what I've seen is worship leaders very um, insecure people sometimes no, no that yeah <laughs> that breeds and and being very not tech savvy i think i was uh not until my 20s where i was surprised where um most worship leaders could plug their acoustic guitar into a direct box and that was it anything past that direct box was a foreign land um so i think the worship leader being insecure about tech issues uh, oftentimes can, can go one or two ways of, of a leaning in like, hey, help me understand how this technology works so that I can give you what you need to do your part. Or it can also come as a, oh, I don't want them to know that I don't know what I'm talking about. Let me be very arrogant and brash and demand mm-hmm. things um, with without any kind of wiggle room or grace. Um that's on the worship leader side and the worship team side. The tech side um, has to be very proactive, I think. Um, I love one of my favorite things to do is during a sound check, after everything's kind of dialed in and you know they're on their, their last or second to last song, is actually getting out of the sound booth, walking up to the stage while they're still rehearsing and just doing some some nonverbal communication with the team, like pointing to your ears and saying, Hey, does everything sound good in your ears? Um, you know, or they're pulling your out, you pull a vocalist aside, it's like, hey, can I make your mix any better? And and being proactive in a way that isn't a, hey, I'm going to sit back in my booth and I'm going to wait till a fire happens yeah. um, because I am so important and I am high on this pedestal back here and you need me kind of thing. Mm. Um, so I think approaching in a, from a tech team standpoint, approaching in a way of like, hey guys, we're all in this together. It's a high school musical throwback. Um <laughs> Um, I will refrain from singing the song right now. Um, but really it's like the mindset of like, we're all in this together, um, to, to lean into each other. Um, and it takes a a kind of a mutual, um, respect and trust. And like you guys, both as musicians, you know, when that moment happens of if you played with this person, you know, for years, um, things just lock in and click because you have that trust between each other. I'd be like, you're like, I know we're going, we're going off script here, but I trust this guy, you know, this person next to me. I know we're going in this direction. And I know it's going to be okay because we've done it a hundred times already. So whatever you can do to build that trust between the worship team and the tech team is only going to make the service better. Not only the actual worship experience better, but all of the volunteers are going to felt feel more cared for, more loved, more have more buy-in, mm-hmm. um, and be like, oh. I'm, I, I run slides. Uh, I can talk to the vocalist. It's okay. Just to check, hey, am I getting all these lyrics right? Or maybe if I put make this slide two lines in a three, would that help you? You know, I saw you kind of skipping over this. I want to make sure I'm advancing at the right speed so you can see it on the conference monitor. It's, um, it's a willingness to be vulnerable and say, hey, maybe I'm not getting it right. Um, let me lean in and see how I can, can meet your needs. Um, but that's also the Enneagram 2 speed spilling out of me oh man Dave. no i think that's yeah that's such good stuff Uh, and and good for yeah both both worship people and and tech people to hear just because i feel like yeah there is a little bit too much of you know on on both ends of it like you've got you've got all your musicians up on their platform and then you've got the you know 
the sound engineer and, and all the tech people in their like special little fortress of solitude. And so it's like, yeah. we are, I'm most important. No, I'm most important. No, I'm most right. important. And, and We're all in this together. Yeah, so, there it is. Oh. There it is. That's <laughs> what I was knew looking that the for. Secret I was just trying to draw it out. Could be high trying school to draw it out of you. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the, you know, the pro presenter guy over there just putting in question marks every once in a while. And, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. Um, yeah. So uh, I think I, so anyway. there was so much wisdom in what in what you shared, Dave. I think it's um, incredible, and I I just was I'll, I'll I'm even just going to kind of go back after we're done. Just listen to that piece because what you demonstrated and what you explained was a, sort of an orientation for everybody to be leading, not just one person to be the leader in the yes. end, and and then everybody else to be followers. Everybody's thinking about how am I leading in my different respective area? How am I, how do I see myself within a system uh, that's going on here? Not, not like this is about this person or it's like, it's about the preacher or the pastor. And I'm just here to do whatever. It's like, no, it's, and, and I just realized how much of like, when it comes, there's the train again, he's coming, coming to get me. Coming again. <laughs> I hear the train of coming. The train comes coming around the bend. Uh, but uh, this is what you the, get when you want to interview me. You, you get go. a train. You get, I love it. You get and high three, school musical. You get three <laughs> terrible Johnny Crash impressions all at once. Like that's what you get. Oh, it was, this it was like, so good. <laughs> it was like I think mine was sort of like an Elvisy. You won't go. Oh, hear the train of coming. I'm, I'm actually shaking here behind the. You're gyrating, I'm gyrating the behind the microphone right now. You know what I just realized? I have a, a a clock in my office that has cat sounds, so I don't know if it's gone off yet. I have my headphones on, but oh, I did hear a meow. I thought that was from Brian's house. Uh, yeah, so, it could have been. Yeah, I mean, I also had yeah a six year old in the background watching shows on YouTube Kids. So keep that in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's it's um, all got to stay in. It's great. Yeah. Like Paul, what you're saying is like it, you have to be active yeah. and not passive yeah. in in your seat. And what I see volunteers or staff tech creative arts people is that if they're not empowered by leadership to um to lean in and to be proactive, um, whether that's a a um behavioral um encouragement or maybe the opposite of like Oh, last time I, I said anything, you know, I got slapped on the wrist. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just poor leadership. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I didn't mean to interrupt what you're no, saying. That's perfect. Training, I think, so, no, that's perfect. So, Dave, what, what's someplace, if somebody, if there's church, if there's leaders who are listening right now and they, they're, they're in over their head or they're looking for support, mm -hmm. um, how do they find out about you? What kind of stuff do you do? How do you help churches? Oh man, I was not prepared to promote myself. Um, this is not promoting. This right is here. just about informing people about the incredible gift that they have yes. available to them as in Dave King. Man, I love helping people and I love being able to walk into a space and um, not only like maybe make a couple changes that are just like, you know, you just hear a sigh of relief. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, it's, it's felt, it's palatable in the room. Um, but then also just cheering people on and saying, you know, you're, you're doing a good job. Um, you know, my website, Dave G. King, um, Jews and George, even though it doesn't stand for George, um, is uh, my website. My email's on there. Um, you know, I, I love being able to um, connect with people. Um, but I, my best piece of advice would be to just stop. Just 
maybe consider doing less. Mm. Um, and what does that look like? And also, um, look at your creative arts team. Um, is that represented by um, kind of a diverse group of people, different age range? I mean, do you have a 13-year-old in there bringing you ideas? I think you should have somebody in there that's young um, because they're going to know. I mean, I have, a, I have a 20-year-old kid, and she has slang words that I no longer know what the, it means. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I really felt old in that moment. So having, having a diverse group of voices um, is important, but that takes a very – confident and secure leader um which you don't always have yeah but we can all become i think yeah yeah or reach out to paul or brian and they know how to get a hold of well and that's true the truth is you're you're a part of an amazing collective of artists and tech leaders and worship leaders in in via collective and if you don't know about in via collective look up in via collective.com that's an incredible resource for for church leaders for 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 people who, you know, even if it comes down to it's like, hey, I don't have a sound person this Sunday, yeah. you know, we can help. We, we can make we it can happen. make it happen. So that that's another great resource. Um, gosh, Dave, thank you. What an incredible yeah. gift you are to the church. I'm so glad that you came and, and talked to us. Well, thank you. This has been fun. We're going to do it again tomorrow or? Uh, yeah, we're, we're just going to, yeah, every every day this week, I think. We'll just right. meet. Every day and, this uh, week. We'll we'll pick yeah. the best. We'll pick the best conversation. <laughs> and we'll then, see if we and can. Then we'll air it. This one, yeah. this one's I, a good. Scene. I left it all on the table today, guys. <laughs> or we just splice different parts together. Like we can take Perfect. things out of context and put it into a different section. It'll, it'll be great. It's gonna Perfect. be great as long as we have somebody singing in every episode. Okay, good. bad okay. Johnny Cash. Hey, thanks, Dave. You're the man. Yeah, thank you, guys. You bet. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Dave. Bye. Wow. I like that guy. We had a lot of fun. He's a good dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I love when we get to laugh uh, yeah. on these podcasts with these people just because, yeah, it, it, it's so much. This this kind of work should be fun. Yeah. You yeah. know, and and I I I'm sad for those times when I've taken it you know, too seriously or, I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it is serious and, and good and, and deep work, but we can't forget to have fun with one right. another. So it's both. yeah. So yeah. go, go find someone to have fun with people. Well, and as far as like space, like what we talked about, you know, with how space audio wise, video wise, um, I was fascinated, you know, as I was remembering this, uh, this interview, what it's like to have all these sort of distractions, quote unquote, around you, the sounds that are around us, the train going by. I loved how he, he was talking about like the train is this moving gallery and his, that was oh, like yeah. a lot of people would, would not like to live where he was living, but for him and his wife, they were like, that's the, one of their favorite features of living at where they are. And I think it's because they, they include it. They understand that it's not like out of place. Um, if, if you included it in your understanding of how the space works. So I, I just, even that little piece just made it all perfect for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A couple, a couple of things that I wanted to highlight from this, uh, and, and sort of, um, and maybe unpack just a little bit more very briefly. Um, 
one worship leaders, uh, get some tech education. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, one, you, you're, you will just be better for it. Um, I think, uh, like at the very least you should know like how your own gear works and, and how to troubleshoot it if something goes wrong. Like the, one of the most frustrating things, um, that I've heard tech people talk about is when, you know, something goes out on, you know, a guitar player's pedal board or the worship leader can't get sound out of their guitar and they just throw their hands up and they're like, you mm. fix it. Mm. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know your stuff. Mm. So, mm. uh, so at the very least, know, know your own gear and how to troubleshoot your own gear. Mm-hmm. Um, there are all kinds of, uh, I mean, we talked about YouTube. it, uh, in, yeah, we talked about <laughs> it on the podcast. YouTube is a great resource to go and find out like, here's how this works. Um, and not, you know, certainly not in a way where you can, you know, go to your tech guy and be like, I know now more about this board than you do. And did you try this thing? And did you try like, not, not in that way, but like if your tech director gets hit by a bus, somebody's going to need to step up and know how to run that stuff. So, and, and that's probably going to fall to you worship leader. So get some tech education. When Paul and I were at school, we both took, we had to take for our degree. Yeah at least a semester of, of a studio recording class. Um, I, I led worship in, in chapel, uh, almost every year that I was at school and we were always having to set up and tear down all the sound equipment. So I got, you know, some of my education just through experience of tearing that down. Paul, you've been, you know, you've been involved in theater for, for ages and and, production, live events and and production, live events. Um, so having that experience and knowing, at least uh, uh, having a cursory knowledge of the ins and outs of the technology in your church is super important. Yeah. And, and, uh, and so don't, don't skip over that and just think this isn't my job. It's kind of partly your job. Yeah. So, um, so learn some of that stuff. Um, worship leaders champion your tech team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are, <laughs> As the worship leaders, you know, we're the ones on stage and we're, you know, we've got the microphone and all that kind of stuff. And you have no idea what that does to people's perception of you as a person. Um, Mm -hmm. And so when you can humbly go to your, to your tech team, to your volunteers, or even your, your tech staff people and let them know how much you appreciate them and the work that they do, uh, you know, I mean, they could very <laughs> technology can sometimes make or break a, a worship experience um, for, for better or for worse. Um, and uh, so at least just recognize uh, how vital they are and, and show some appreciation um, and, and champion uh, your tech team. Um, yeah. And, and that that's going to build trust between, you know, between the two of you, uh, which is something Dave, Dave talked about. Uh, at length. Um, and that's what really the biggest asset in, in a team is. It is trust. It is trust and, and trust is, is built over consistency over time. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say that that is the thing a leader really orients themselves around other people, not themselves. You know, we, we, we've seen a lot of heroes and not as many leaders and leaders, even though they may be the one on stage with the microphone, they're really thinking about how am I elevating the other people? How am I empowering the other people around on my team um, to make that happen? So never more is it more important than, than with the, the connection between the worship leader and the tech director for sure. Yep. 
Absolutely. I, I would say that's, that's probably just a little bit less important, maybe as important as the worship leader's relationship with the lead pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because yeah, if <laughs> the last thing you want is a, is a ticked off sound guy, you know, <laughs> behind right. the board on a Sunday morning. Uh, Cause they, they have a lot of, they have a lot of power. They have um, power in that moment, <laughs> for sure. So, so fear them. Uh, no, uh, no, just, yeah, show some trust, show some respect for, for those who serve you in that way. Um, it was interesting. We talked a, a little bit about the kind of the pace at which, you know, technology is is evolving and advancing mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it made me think of uh, an article that I read. I was an interview with some guy who uh, he's he studies humanity uh, for lack of a better term, um, but his he brought up this this interesting point. There's been more technological advancement in the last 150 years of of our history than there were in the previous seven thousand years. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah. from like six thousand BC. Up until about 1870, 1880, you know, things were technologically, yeah, there were some things that were advancing and moving and stuff like that, but nowhere near the pace that things have advanced in the last 150 years. And my point in that is, is you, you are always going to struggle to keep up and be on the cutting edge of, of what's happening technologically, um, especially in your church. So chill out, (laughs) you know, like, like you, you can still have a great worship service without a, you know, without a giant led video wall behind you. You can still have a great worship service, you know, without, you know, 120 decibels of sound, you know, assaulting people's ears every Sunday. Like it just, you don't always have to have the latest and the greatest. And I love that, that, that Dave was so good about, about pointing that out, you know, this idea of like, maybe you just need to do less. Um, mm-hmm. and I, you don't hear a lot of people saying that <laughs> yeah. in, in the tech world or in the church world, uh, these days. So it's counterintuitive to, yeah. to everything else that we, that we, cause we often get on that hedonic treadmill of like mm-hmm. always needing the new thing. Um, yeah. I've heard the same, uh, statistics, Brian, that you were saying about like, or a history of technology. Kevin Kelly is a fantastic writer. He started the, mm. the, the magazine Wired. Um, he wrote a book a little while ago called What Technology Wants. Um, mm. And in which I would highly recommend any tech director, any worship leader who wants to understand uh, a, the, what the big global patterns are with how people use technology and is to read that book because it's going to help you understand that, oh, the stuff that I'm into right now, literally it's going to be gone in five years. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like, or we're not, it's not going to even matter. Uh, right. and, and it's not going to have the same computing power. So it changes so rapidly. Yeah. Yep. So, um, I, yeah, one of the best ways you can avoid that ministry treadmill is, uh, maybe take a break from following all the trends yeah, um, yeah. and, and, and trying to keep up with whatever the church down the street has been doing. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, you know, identify where your church is at and, and what, uh, fits your culture and, um, and, and run with that and, and dive into that as deeply as you can. Um, cause that's gonna, that's gonna go a long way to help, uh, avoiding burnout and, and keep you from feeling like you're just chasing 
Well, Sundays. Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. Mic drop. Oh my gosh, that's the name of the podcast. Uh, Paul, what do we got going on? Uh, I know we're we're still we'd still love to have people involved in the green room. Yes, check out greenroomleaders.com. Um, please get with a community if that's uh, and we we have ones setting up locally here. Or if you want to join us online. If you're interested in that, we're trying to gauge how many people would be interested in sort of an online cohort. So um, reach out to us. Uh, you can contact us at the website, greenroomleaders.com. Um, and let's see. Uh, the other thing is the year-end giving for Torn Curtain. Mm. I will just even use this space to make a plea. Like We, um, we don't make much money, um, Brian and I, and we try and uh, we do worship leading coaching. We do interim worship leading with our partners in Via Collective. Um, and we're we are looking for people who want to partner with us. So if you're interested, head on over to our Patreon page. Um, s- set up a, a – select a level to give to. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of little perks and little things that you get special for, for joining us. But uh, we'd really love if you could join us. Um, and uh, in this mission of strengthening the creative soul of the local church uh, through getting worship leaders off the ministry mm-hmm. treadmill. So that would be an important thing. Head on over to our Patreon page. But uh, that's that's about it. Yep. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for listening um, and uh, for for supporting us. Like I said, uh, I, I've said this before, but please, please, please uh like rate and subscribe and I don't, rate like, and review there we go yeah go. like it the subscribe is youtube we're not on youtube yeah we're not yet oh wait till you get these mugs out Ooh, on the youtubes look out break oh, the internet people um but yeah please do uh, uh subscribe and and leave a review um that is uh, one of the best ways to let other people know uh about uh the chasing sunday podcast uh or you can also just tell people um, that is also a way that you can do it. Uh, if, if you're into that whole human interaction thing, uh, you, you can people. just tell other, tell other worship leaders that, you know, uh, that, uh, Hey, these two goofballs are doing this podcast and you should listen to it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Thanks so much for listening. We'll, uh, we'll catch you on the next episode of chasing Sunday. Chasing Sunday is a production of Torn Curtain Arts and distributed by Resonate Media. Your hosts are Brian Davis and Paul Romig-Levitt, with editing and mixing by Danny Burton. Torn Curtain Arts is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your tax-deductible gifts make our work possible. For more information about TCA and to partner with us in our ongoing work, visit torncurtainarts.org. Hey, it's Brian. Uh, I know you just got done listening to an episode. Thank you so much for uh, for listening to Chasing Sunday. But I really quick wanted to put a bug in your ear about Colorado Gives Day. Uh, Torn Curtain Arts is registered with Colorado Gives, and uh, Colorado Gives Day is a time for people all around Colorado to support their local nonprofits. Uh, 
the ability to give is open right now. Um, if you go to coloradogives.org, uh, anytime between now and December 6th, you can give a tax-deductible donation to Torn Curtain Arts. And uh, it's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy. So uh, if you wouldn't mind showing us a little bit of love, and if you, uh, if you love what we do at Torn Curtain Arts through the Chasing Sunday podcast, through the Future Christian podcast, through our coaching with the Green Room, and you want to help support that, Colorado Gives is a great way for you to do that. Uh, you can go to coloradogives.org right now and, uh, and register to, uh, to give us a, uh, a donation that can help get us not just through the end of this year, but will help support us in 2023 as well. So coloradogives.org. We'll also have information about it uh, on our website, torncurtainarts.org, and through all of our social media platforms. So, uh, so please uh, help support us and, uh, and continue this, uh, this really important work of helping getting worship leaders off of the ministry treadmill. Thanks.